0: And we're going to get started here. I'm going to talk to you with the help of the Lord for just a little bit on hope, the hope of a resurrection. The hope of a resurrection. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead Shall also quicken or bring to life your mortal bodies, your mortal bodies, not your spiritual bodies, your mortal bodies, those that, the body that dies, praise God, by the spirit of him that dwelleth in you. Lord, I love you and praise you. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move upon us tonight. Lord, as I talk to your people about your word, and God, I'm going to give you the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. You know, we need to really be excited about life. Life is exciting. Every morning I get up, life is exciting to me. Praise God. And I'm excited about life. But I'm not fearful of death also. If death would come, then uh, it is an unknown to me And I have known enough people and been by enough deathbeds, of especially people that really, really love the Lord, that I know there's always a hesitation or there's always a little bit of not knowing what's in there. Um, You know, it's like a doctor one time. He had a St. Bernard. He had it at his uh, doctor's office. And uh, one day, the St. Bernard saw him in the room. And the St. Bernard ran into the room to him. And he told the patient, he said, you know, the St. Bernard's never been in this room. And he said, so it would probably be fearful for him to be in there. But because I, he knew me in the room, then he would come. I play a little bit with my dog. I will get into a dark room. And uh, I, will, uh, I will make a noise. Uh, and uh, the the dog will come and look in that room, it's dark, and he can't see me. And he'll hit his feet, and he'll bark, and he'll do whatever he can because he wants me to move, or he doesn't like it. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll say something to him, or I'll have one of his favorite toys, and I'll squeak it, and he'll come in running in that dark room. Amen, because he doesn't, and that's the way it is with the Lord. We may not know what the future holds, but we know the Lord is in the future, and we can take comfort in the fact that we are going to uh, go with him, praise God. So I, I want to live every day, I'm excited about life. I get up every morning and I'm excited about life, but on the other hand, I'm not afraid of death. If death comes, I feel like I've prepared my way according to the scripture. Uh, So we need to be excited about uh, life, but not fearful of death. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Uh, Now scientists tells us that matter does not ever cease to exist. Do you realize that, just a couple things, do you realize that you always existed? You just existed in another form. All your matter that makes up who you are existed from the very time of creation. It, all the matter that your body is will be until the end of time. It just was not in the form of a human being like you are. It just blows my mind. Matter never ceases to exist, and it never, uh, it, it never uh, well, it may one day When God takes it away, but matter was created when the worlds were created, and that matter became a part of you. Isn't that amazing? The dirt that laid in the ground and did not know anything, do anything, or be anything was God picked it up and He created you in your mother's womb so that you could think, act, walk, talk, reason, and have ideas. And then when you die, that matter is going to go back to not being able to do any of that again. Isn't that amazing to us? But the thing of it is, amen, I I wonder, you know, if God really wants us to have examples of this type of lifestyle when he gives us examples such as the caterpillar that uh, is a caterpillar, but then it changes into a butterfly. The Bible says we'll be changed. Our bodies will be changed. Uh, many, many years ago, some of you know him, some of you don't, but there was a gentleman by the name of Tom Sharp. Uh, Tom Sharp was a minister in Minerva. Um, his son and his son-in-law was up on the second floor roof, and he decided to go up and, and see what was going on. He, and his son and his son-in-law had put the ladder there, but they, they put it there for them to hold to climb. It was not there for just a single man to climb. And Brother Tom Sharp tried to get up on that roof, and just as he got up to the second story, the ladder kicked out. It came down. He hit the first roof, bounced off the first roof, went down, and hit the ground. And and so by the time they got him, he was paralyzed from the chest down. From that time on, some of you remember Brother Tom Sharp in a wheelchair. He would come in a wheelchair. Well, at Tom Sharp's funeral... Uh, It was a very saddened funeral, but at his funeral, they gave anyone the ability to stand up and say anything that they wanted to say. Uh, My thought was that um, I, I, I thought of Tom like a plane, a very powerful plane, a 747 that was on wheels, and while the plane was on the runway, it would run around on those wheels, And it would go back and forth. But once that plane come off the ground, then it would put those wheels away, for it would not need them anymore. And I said that now that Tom has gone on to be with the Lord, he does not need that wheelchair anymore. Praise God. He does not need his wheels anymore. And you know, it's amazing how that, that is what is going to happen to us when we go, when, when, when we die, we're going to be translated into a much better form. John 12 and 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Um, I am a total believer that the things that we do on this life is a plant, planting the seeds. But I believe that the real harvest of our actions in this life comes upon our death. After our death, there will be a lot of things that will come about. Jesus himself said, amen, that he was going to die. And then after the death uh, comes, uh, uh, you know, the resurrection. Uh, death is a way of being changed from a spiritual, from a physical body to his spiritual body. You see, baptism is a form of our death. Our baptism is our spiritual death to sin. When a person repents, they die out to sin, and then they are baptized, amen, and our baptism is our spiritual death to sin. Romans 6 and 3 says, Know ye not, That so many of us that were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. And so when you were baptized, you went down into the water just like Christ went down into the grave. So you're buried. The Bible talks about buried with him in baptism. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism. Do you realize that there will be a lot of times that you will go down into water and come up, go down into water and come up? And, and that's an amazing thing. But it's when you go down in your baptism, Christ went down with you. As Christ died out, you died out. As Christ came up out of the water, you came out out of the water. It says, therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death. That like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Verse 5 says, for if we have been planted, now that word, if we have been planted, there are people that get baptized just to get baptized. There are people that get baptized just to have it done. It is really not a baptism unless you are dying out to the old man or the old woman. And when I'm talking about old man, old woman, I'm not talking about elderly. I'm talking about the, the man that you used to be or the woman that you used to be. People can get baptized, and they can get baptized because they just want to be, I'll just get baptized. I'll I'll go get baptized. And uh, I'm excited about being baptized. But it's not until that person really understands that I am dying out to myself. So in verse 5 it says, for if we have been planted. In other words, if we have really... Died out to self, if we have planted. Jesus said, unless a seed be planted into ground, it will not come back again. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, if we really have died out, So when a person really comes to the Lord, they've got to change their life. It's got to be a change of life. It's got to be more than just confessing the Lord is your personal Savior and then walking on and continuing to do what you did in the past. It's dying out to the flesh and living in the Spirit. He said if you've been planted together, if a seed is put into the ground, then it will bring forth fruit. If you die out to yourself, and when you die like the seed dies, you will start to bring forth fruit, planted together in the likeness of his death. Once again, when you were buried in baptism, Christ went down with you. Christ came back up with you. You shall also walk in the newness of his resurrection. So there's a resurrection that's going to come. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die. When a person dies in their baptism, then they no longer die in the physical flesh. When Jesus and the disciples were headed to Lazarus, Jesus simply told him, he said, he's actually sleeping. And uh, they said unto him, they said, well, if he's sleeping, let him sleep. And he said, well, for your understanding, he's dead, but he's asleep. Anytime in the New Testament that they talked about the saints, they always said that they slept in Christ. Because there's no death to a Christian. Death is a separation from God. There's no separation from God. When you're separated from God, then you're separated from life. And so we take hope in the resurrection. We not only take hope in a spiritual resurrection, because when we're buried with him in baptism, we have to face it. When we get buried with him in baptism, we have to totally believe that God is taking away all our sins, and he is forgiving us. We have to believe that he goes down with us. We have to believe that he's coming back up with us. We have to believe that he's going to allow us to die out to the flesh and walk in the spirit, because I'm telling you something, I have learned a long time ago, that I could not walk without Jesus. I could not live a life, a productive, spiritual life, without the Holy Ghost living inside of me. I could not do it. I could not be, I could not do good things if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost living inside of me. And so there's times I say to the Holy Ghost, I said, Lord, you've got to help me to get through this. And not only hope in the spiritual resurrection, but we have to have hope in a physical resurrection. We've got to have hope that someday we're going to die and that we're going to be raised again. You know, it's just one of those crazy things that I thought about. Do you realize that, um, that for us, um, I don't know who my great-grandpa is. I don't know him. I have had no relationship with my great-grandpa. Now, um, if some of my grandkids move on a little faster, there's a possibility I might have a great-grandchild, but I'll never know what a great-great-grandchild is. I'll, I'll, be, too, I'll be gone by the time a great-great-grandchild. So I don't know who my great-grandfather is, and I, don't, I won't know who my great-great-grandchild is. And as of right now, I don't know who my great-grandchild is. But the point of the matter is there is a period of time on this earth where there's going to be a lot of people I don't know. There's only a window of people that I'm going to relate to, that I'm going to know. It's just going to be people like you and me. I won't know the people that lived in the 18th century. I won't know people that really lived in in some of the 19th century. I will only know the people that lived, so when the Lord comes back and the rapture takes place and I go to heaven, I'm not going to know a lot of those people, which just, just blows my mind. And 100 years from now, or 200 years from now, everybody on this earth is going to be in heaven that has gone to heaven. Think about it. We're sitting here today worried about our mothers or our our father-in-law, mother-in-laws, we we're worried about our grandchildren, we're worried about all of these, but there's going to come a day in heaven when we're going to be all in heaven, and we won't worry about sickness. We won't worry about pain. I won't worry about my grandkids suffering. I won't worry about me suffering or my wife suffering. I won't worry about me getting old and, and struggling. Think about that. 200 years from now, everybody that I know on this earth is going to be, that went to heaven, is going to be in heaven. Everybody you know is going to be in heaven. And we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that going to be great to think that that's going to happen? All our pain, all our suffering. Amen. Praise the Lord. is going to be there. And I was just, I just was thinking about it. I said, Lord, when we all get to heaven, I said, put everybody that I know on my street. <laughs> Amen. Just line, I mean, maybe the Lord will do that, you know. Where are we going to be in heaven? Well, you you knew somebody in the twenty 20th and the 21st century, so... Uh, you know, the 19th and 21st century. So everybody on that century is going to be on one street. It's just it's just amazing. It's mind boggling. And you could just keep going on and on and on and on and on. But in 200 years from now, we're all going to be in heaven and there'll be no suffering, no fear, no nothing. Praise the Lord. And it's just amazing to me. Job had that hope. Job said in Job 14:14, 14, 14, he said, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Job knew that there was going to be a change come. He knew that God had given him enough to realize that there's going to come a time that we're going to change this body. you got to think about this. As, a, a most, as most young people most young people, we do not struggle. I used to do Freedom 1, Freedom 2, which was uh, elderly. Uh, you had to be 60 years or older to be in there. And uh, there was a lot of elderly people in there. And uh, I was in my 20s. And these, these elderly people, I was working the building, and they would walk up to me, and they would say, Arthur is mean to us. And I just couldn't wait to find Arthur. I mean, he was just, uh, and it just wasn't one of them, I mean, and you're thinking, I'm kidding, but I was serious as cancer. I just couldn't wait till I saw Arthur. Because they would tell me, Arthur's mean. He's just, he's, he hurts us. And I'm thinking, who's this Arthur? But then they turned around and said, Ben helps out a lot. And I'd like to see Ben. I'd like to commend Ben. I mean, I'm 20-some years old. I don't know what pain is. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Back 25 years ago, I took these huge stones... They were, they're, they're bigger than the ones out at the end of the drive. I, I picked those big stones up, put them in the trailer when we bought our house, took them out there, put them on the property. I'm going to use them someday. I could not even begin to think of picking them up right now. I used to pick them things up and put them in the trailer. I don't know how much they weigh. I don't want a hundred to two, 150 pounds, whatever. I mean, I can show them to you. They're huge. Bigger than the ones we had out at the end of the drive. And I, I just pick them up, carry them over, put them in the trailer. I couldn't even begin to think about doing that now. Because age. Age gets us. Amen. And I'm just wondering if sometimes that God allows us to age so that when it's time to go home, we're saying, Lord, I am ready. I am tired of hurting. I am tired of suffering. I'm tired of, of of you know this struggle that I'm going through, and I'm I'm not I'm not applying anything that we ought to, you know, want to die. But I'm applying that when it comes our time to go, we ought to be willing to say, "Here I am, Lord, take me home. I'm ready to go." Praise the Lord, because that's what our physical body does. First Corinthians fifteen and nineteen says. If in this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are men most miserable. We would be really miserable if all we had was the promise that was in this life. Praise God! I'm telling you, you can enjoy life, you can have a great time, Amen. And realize that the, the, the icing on the cake is when you go home to be with the Lord. Verse twenty says. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. See the word slept there. In other words, amen. You know, we, every night we go to bed and we go to sleep. I don't know about you, but in the winter, I love sleep. I get under that cold, I get under that sheet, I get warm, and I love sleep. I'm like, Lord, let me go to bed. January 1st, and let me wake up March 1st, praise God, and let it, you know, just let winter just go right by, and I, I like getting under those sheets, and I like going to bed, and I hate getting up and going out in the cold, and going to work or whatever, but you know, it's, the Bible says it's like a sleep, when we go into that, it's going to be like a sleep, but now is Christ risen from the dead, becoming the first fruits of them that sleep. For since by men came death, by man came also the resurrection of death. Adam brought in death, for verse twenty two says, For as Adam all men die. Adam issued death to all men. But even as Christ all can be made alive. We can all go to Christ and be made alive. You see, there's a a, a feeling that's in all mankind, praise God, that there is a God and there's a life that comes afterwards. Many people that doesn't have the Bible, many different nations, many different countries, many different people who knew nothing about the Word of God, somewhere built inside of them when God created us as a human being. God created every one of us. He created us with this sense that there is a God. They search for a God. They make different things of God. They'll try to find gods in the stars. They'll try to find gods in the trees. They'll try to find gods in the different things. They also realize that there's life after death. They start building pyramids. They start making things. They may not ever read the Bible. They may not ever know that there's a life after death, but they, either they do it because they want to continue to live the way they're living, or they do it. Because they realize there's a life after death. So in us, we realize that there's a life under, after death. Paul tells us in Psalms 49 and 15, he says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, and he shall receive me. Selah. Selah means think about that. So, Paul, so David's saying, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. You know, sin has put David in the grave. He realized that. But he's like, God will redeem me. Praise God. Now, there have been times in life, in the lives of people, in the lives of time, there have been times when one has been raised from the dead. As we know of the widow's son in 1 Kings 17. And Lazarus in John 11, but they were only raised to die again. No one has ever came back from the grave to die no more. The resurrection of Christ is to end all death. There is to be no more death. Praise God. David said in Psalms 116 and 9, He said, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory, re- and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. We could take hope in that. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Hell there could also mean the grave for him. Neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. He's, and so, praise God. You know, there are many people that we have that we love. I'm not going to mention any names here tonight. Uh, I'm looking out over this audience. I'm seeing People who have lost their loved ones, someone in their lives. There have been people in my life that I have lost. And uh, the one thing that I'm really, really excited about is one day I'm going to see them again. And uh, we will be together. And once again, in a hundred years from now, amen, we will all be together. And and so that's just going to be amazing. But I will see them again. And so, uh, and, and, and we will be together. And, uh, and so, um, so, but there was a, but our resurrection is in the hope of Christ's resurrection. Because Christ was resurrected, we can take hope in that. The Bible says that our hope of a resurrection comes in the resurrection of Christ. In 1 John 1 1 says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon with our own hands and have handled uh, of the word of God. So uh, in 1 John 1, 1, it said, we ourselves saw him as he was resurrected. We saw him as he stood there and talked to us. We saw him with the hands, with the nails. We saw him, praise God, as he was with us. We knew of him. It's not just something that they heard, it's that they saw. In Acts one and one, it says a former treatise have I made O office of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days. It was not just one day. They saw him for a period of 40 days until his resurrection. So there was a tremendous amount of proof that he was alive. It was not just a vision. It was not that they were out there all drunk. It was not that they were all smacked up on pot or something there were 40 days that jesus walked and talked with them praise god and the verse 3 said "Amen." 40 days in speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of god so for 40 days the lord walked and talked and lived with them praise the lord and they saw him paul tells us and tells the corinthians and tells us in first corinthians 15 and 3 He said, For I have delivered unto you first of all that which I have received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about five hundred brethren. Five hundred brethren saw Jesus. You know... It's amazing that you can have one or two people see something. You can have one man see an angel and say, this angel told me this is the gospel, and hundreds if not thousands of millions of people will follow it. But here you've got 500 people that said, I saw a risen Christ. You had hundreds and hundreds of people that can say, I saw him die on the cross. I saw the soldier pierce his side. You know, and and God has a way of just proving himself because, you know, they came to Pilate and they said, Pilate, let us guard the grave so that the disciples can't go, come and get him. And Pilate knew at that point something was going on. He said, you go do the best you can do. And so then when they went and guarded the grave and the Lord resurrected, and came even though they tried to guard him, was even more proof that he was resurrected by the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, God always proves himself. If they would have just kept their mouths shut and stayed away from the grave, they could have said the disciples come and got him. But the Lord allowed them to do that so that he could prove even more that he was resurrected. Our salvation comes by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is his resurrection. It says, after that, he was seen of 500 brethren at once, at one time, of whom the greater part remain until this present. They're still alive. But some have fallen asleep, some have passed on or whatever. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And least of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. You see, the Apostle Paul wasn't one of the disciples, but he come along and he saw Jesus. For I am the least of the apostles that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And so Paul, in his humility, said, you know what? If the Lord would come and prove Himself to me, be in the least of them all, then He has been proven to me. And so we take our uh, we take our our satisfaction in the resurrection. I know this is an Easter, but I've just felt like the Lord wanted me to teach this tonight. But we we take our our satisfaction in the resurrection of Christ. Because it is in the resurrection of Christ that we have proof that our resurrection of baptism has the power to forgive us of our sins. When we take and we believe in the resurrection of Christ, we believe that one day when we lay this body down and we are resurrected, praise the Lord, that we are going to, amen, that God is going to give us the power to be resurrected in him. Amen. And so there's much proof that the proof of his resurrection, the night watchman, made proof as he was not taken by his disciples. Mary Magdalene saw Christ. The two disciples walking to Emmaus visited him on a long walk. Think about that. It wasn't just a short thing. It was a long walk. These people walked and talked with him. That same evening, Jesus appeared to all his disciples except Thomas. Eight days later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, and this time he appeared to Thomas. Amen. Jesus appeared to the seven of the disciples inside the Sea of Galilee. After they'd spent their all night fishing, he come along and he said, have you caught any fish? They said, no, we've not caught any fish. Cast your net on the right side. And then Jesus appeared at his ascension. And when you look at that, it just blows your mind that, you know, when you have all these, I think it's 27 writers of the New Testament, and all seven writers from different backgrounds, fishermen, tax collector, praise God, tent maker, all these writers... They all wrote about him. All of them claimed they saw him or that they knew it. And history has a hard time refuting. Even in those days, praise God, history lets us know. And so when you look at God and you realize that God has always done what God said he'll do. He's always done what he'll say to do. You know, someone said to me, they said, you know, everybody's got a religion. And this man had a different religion. And I said, yes, I understand that. But I said, there is no religion on this earth that is proven as much as Christianity is. He said, well, you, you got me there. Amen. And so we look. Amen. God said... When Adam and Eve fell, God has always fulfilled what he said he's going to do. He's never promised something and's not done it. When Adam and Eve fell, God said, I'm going to send a redeemer. And he did in the form of Jesus Christ. God said that he would raise himself up from the dead. And he did. God said he would send the Holy Ghost. And he did. And you know what's amazing to me? You read about them getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And you read about the Holy Ghost speaking through them in other tongues. And then when God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues. And and you don't realize what you're saying, but the Holy Ghost is speaking. You're thinking, wow. That's really for us today. Praise God. Think about that. He promised that. Amen. God told us how it was going to be in the last days. In the last days, perilous shall come. Look at what's going on around us. I do have to say, you have to be extremely careful because I'm finding a lot of these people, there are some of these people, not a lot of people, there are some so-called ministers that are getting up And they're acting like they're prophesying things to come. But if you knew the word of God, what they're actually doing is they're actually telling people what the Bible was prophesying. But they're pretending like they are the prophet. And in one sense, what they're going to say is going to come to pass because it's in the word of God. But in the other sense, they're not prophesying it for the first time. It is not their prophecy. It's biblical prophecy. And there's some preachers out there right now that are doing that. You have to be extremely careful. And people that don't know the word of God or what the word of God says, says, oh, there, you know, get up. Thus saith the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, God has said unto you, Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. And people are thinking, oh, my God. But that's biblical. So they're not telling you anything, but they're pretending like they're the ones. There's some preachers out there, so watch for them. Amen. But what God has said, he, uh, he would send the Holy Ghost, and he did. God told us how it was going to be in the last days, and it is. And so why would he not continue to do what he said he would do? If he's always fulfilled what he said he's going to do. You know, there are some people in this life, if they tell you they're going to do something, you pretty much know they're going to do it, don't you? If they tell you something, you know they're going to do it. Amen. And sometimes we say we're going to do something and we have unforeseen things and we're not able to fulfill what we said we're going to do. But God never has an unfulfilled thing. Praise God. And why would it not happen like he said it would happen? Everything else has happened like he said he would. He said he would come and he would die for you. He said that he would resurrect. Why would he not forgive you of your sins? Why, when you were buried in baptism, would he not wash your sins away? Why, whenever we would die, or when the rapture takes place and we're still in this life, why would we not be changed and go up into heaven? We have the same hope. You know, there's some people in your life, they'll say, I'll be over and give you a hand, and you know 50-50 they may not be there. But you've never had to worry about that with God. Because God has always done what God said he was going to do. Paul tells us and tells the Romans, but he tells us in Romans 8 and 11. He says, but if that spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead shall dwell in you that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What spirit is that? What spirit was Paul talking about? Jesus tells us in John 7 and 38. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And we know without a doubt that on the day of Pentecost, that Holy Ghost was poured out. That's the spirit that Paul was talking about. The Holy Ghost that was poured out. Jesus said, amen, that living water. He will give us living water. Out of your belly shall flow riving waters. But this is what he spake on the Holy Ghost. That's why on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood and said, Men and brethren, repent and be baptized and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Have the spirit inside of you so that it will quicken your mortal bodies. So whenever you are buried with him in baptism, it will bring you to life so that you can walk in the spirit. And whenever your flesh is dead, amen, your spirit will continue to live with God, but it will unite with the body and the body will be changed from mortal to immortality. We will have a glorified body like Christ did. Amen. There's something, you see, because Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and Satan destroyed that relationship with God, God wants to bring that back around to its fullness again. And the way he's going to do that is to give us a glorified body. But our hope, our hope is in a resurrection. Our resurrection is our hope, and when you believe in that resurrection, then you will believe and have the hope in the Lord. Let's all stand. Praise God. There's hope in a resurrection. Amen. We can hold on to that. Amen. You all heard that saying, that's something you can hang your hat on. Well, that's something you can hang your hat on. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this evening. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you, Lord, for that hope. I thank you, Lord, that I know about that hope. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move to be with us. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. And God, we're going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.